This is the day the Lord has made, right? I, I just I just almost couldn't contain myself back there. I burst out in giggles two or three times. I thought, oh, you're going to think I'm crazy. You know, but God is just so good. And he Emmanuel, the mystery that God who made everything would condescend that come down and visit us in the likeness of a little baby, live out his life, allow himself to be crucified on a cross, buried and be raised from the dead and poured, ascended to the father and poured out back upon us to come and live his life within you and within me. Isn't that amazing that God would live in us? Let's pray for Dean Hewitt for just a moment, shall we? Father, thank you for Dean and we thank you for his life and for how he serves you and loves you. And for his entire family and all that they've been through, not only in, in the last couple of days, but in the recent uh, months. Father, we pray your healing upon his eye. We thank you for the doctors and for the surgeons. And God, we pray just a supernatural intervention that his eye, Lord, would be knitted back perfectly and that his vision would be even better uh, than it was before. Lord, release your healing and presence in him and in Melody, and in each one of their children and extended family. And we ask it all now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, so be it. Amen. Well, I want to uh, share with you just a little bit this morning. And if you have your bulletin, you might want to grab it and look at the front page, uh, which says God's heart to bless the generations. And I'm really going to be speaking about that uh, here this morning for a few minutes, and I'm going to do it by way of starting with a little uh, Bible study and kind of walking through the scriptures uh, with you a little bit. And then uh, it really is about how God desires to bless uh, the generations, that's us, uh, and those who come after us. God is always interested in creating families. And blessing families. And from our perspective, sometimes that feels like it isn't working out. Because our circumstances go south sometimes and our relationships deteriorate. We lose people, you know, all the stuff of living life. But the fact of the matter is, behind it all is a sovereign God who is making sense out of the tapestry of your life and your circumstance. And he wants us to... Um, trust him in the midst of it all, through it all. We've learned to trust in Jesus. We've learned to trust in him. And by and by, we begin to look back over our shoulder into our past and we see, lo and behold, God really has been faithful. Hadn't been easy. There have been struggles. There are circumstances, all that stuff. But God is always faithful. One of the ways in which God blesses his people is that he speaks to them and he speaks through them. And in order for that to actually uh, happen, God has to put his spirit within us in order to release something within us so that we have something to say or something to bless or the, the very seed of God in us to give away to other people. Because as we read, uh, it was a year ago, starting about now, we did a little study on uh, the blessing that God chose a man, Abraham, and he blessed him 
He made covenant with him and he blessed him and his family. And he said, I will bless you and I will bless uh, all of those after you so that you will be a blessing to all the people in the world. Now, we know in Jesus that was absolutely already fulfilled. And we then in Jesus are participants. We partake of that blessing. And now God wants to use us to bless other people. Yeah, that's the good news. It's good tidings of great news. Well, turn in your Bible, if you would, to Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the fourth book of Moses. And turn to verse uh, chapter 11, that is. And uh, you can read along with me. I'm going to skip through a couple of verses here. But this is a story where um, the children of Israel, God had called them out of Egypt and released them with a mighty, the might of his right hand through miracles and signs and humiliating rulers and pharaohs. And you know the story. And now those people find themselves in the wilderness, uh, shuffling around. And in the midst of that wilderness experience, they begin to, uh, well, they begin to complain. Anybody know that besides me? So first one says, now, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it and his anger was aroused. So the so that the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. And then the people cried out to Moses and uh, Moses then prayed to the Lord and the fire was quenched. Aren't you glad there's a Moses in our midst, huh? (laughs) Who can who can intercede on our behalf? Now, if you read further on after that experience, they begin to murmur and complain that they had no food. They wanted meat. Give us meat. Moses said, how am I supposed to give meat to this multitude? We're out here and we're eating this stuff called manna, which means what is it? It's like seed, coriander seed, it tells us here. And they they would uh, crush it in mortar and pestle and they would uh, cook it into cakes and it would it would taste like um, a fine flour and oil baked. And that's what they ate day in and day out. So they were complaining that they wanted uh, meat. So uh, verse 11, Moses says to the Lord, why have you afflicted me, your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight uh, that you have laid the burden of all of these people on me? So now Moses is picking up the complaining. Did you ever notice when there's a complaining person in your midst that it really is very easy for that to jump on you? Anybody, anybody ever had? Yeah, that's, you know, somebody's complaining and they're down in the mouth and everything just didn't go right. And pretty soon you turn around and lo and behold, it's on you. I don't know how that works. But anyway, Moses got it. Uh, and he finally said, um, uh, I am unable to bear the weight of all of these people alone. Verse 14, because the burden is just too heavy for me, God. So, verse 16, the Lord said to Moses, gather to me. Seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them and bring them out here to the tabernacle of meeting uh, that they may stand there with you. Now, verse 17, this is going somewhere. Verse 17, then God said, I will come down and take with I will talk to you there and I will take of the spirit that is on you and I will put it put the same on them. 
and they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it alone. Then the Lord said to Moses, verse 23, is the arm of the Lord, has it been shortened? Now you see, now you shall see whether what I say will happen to you or not. Well, verse 25, then the Lord came down, just as he said, Moses got all the people and took them out to the tabernacle of meeting. And there the Lord came back down 25 or 25 and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested on them that they prophesied and the new King James says, and they never did so again. But the Hebrew is really a little more clear than that. It says that they did not cease. So which is it? You know, A or B, you know, they, they prophesied, but they never prophesied again or they prophesied and they continued to prophesy. I think they prophesied and the spirit of prophecy was upon them. Why? Because when God wants to bless a people, he always speaks that blessing to them. Let's go back to the very beginning of the book of Genesis. God, uh, you know, the spirit of the Ruach, the, the spirit of God was hovering over this this void, uh, misty, you know, and there it was there was nothing there. And God said, let there be light. God said, let there be. And there was. And so we see that through creation, God spoke blessing. And then he backed up and he said, oh, and it was good. It was really good. You see, God speaks his blessing to us. So what I'm saying to you here is that um, God wants to take the spirit not away from a person, but he wants to take of that same spirit and impart it to other people, in this case, 70 elders, so that they could bear the work and help Moses in leading these people uh, through um, the the outer uh, regions, the wilderness. So then the Lord came down. And the spirit was put on the 70 and they began to prophesy. But here's now there are two more people that remained in the camp. Verse 26. And the name of the one was Eldad and the name of the other was Medad. How do you like that? Where's Eldad? Where's Medad? My dad? No, me dad. So Eldad and me dad were back in the camp. We don't know why they were there. But it says, and the spirit of the Lord rested on them. Now they were among those because they were listed. They should have been out at the camp, the tabernacle. They were listed there uh, and uh, had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet they prophesied in the camp. And a young man came running to Moses and he said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua took up the offense for Moses and he said, Moses, that's his assistant. One of your choice men has said, uh, uh, Eldad and Medad are prophesying. Should I forbid, forbid them, Moses? They're prophesying. Now, here's the verse I want you to get. Verse 29 says, then Moses said to them, are you zealous or jealous for my sake? Oh, that all of the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit in order to prophesy on each one of them. And then Moses returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Israel. Now, how is that important? Well, it is important because what we see is a prototype here. It's a model. It's one of the first experiences where we see 
uh, a burden being too much for any one person to bear and a prophetic um, parable is being enacted where God said, I am Moses, I hear your cry. I understand the weight and I'm going to take some of the spirit, that same spirit that's on you, and I'm going to give it now to 70 other people. And they're going to be able to do the very same thing that you're doing now. When you sort of uh, watch this and as it goes forward in the scripture, um, we come to a place uh, in Joel chapter uh, two. And if you're if you want to turn to Joel, Joel is in the little minor prophets, five or six books before you get to Matthew. So go to Matthew and turn left and go back and you'll find uh, Joel. And most of you are familiar with this text. In verse 28, it says this. Um, This is prophesying in the written word. What would soon come to pass, what we saw in God taking of the same spirit of Moses and putting it on 70. Now, the prophet Joel is saying there is coming a day when what we saw in Moses and the 70 elders is going to be given to every human being. Does that relate to any of us here? I think it does. So in Joel chapter uh, two, verse 28, it says, and it shall come to pass. In that day or afterward, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Does that not relate to anyone here up in the balcony? Does that not relate to anybody up there? It does relate to. Yeah, it relates to all of us. It'll come to pass in the latter days afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, you know that scripture, old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions, etc., etc. And you know how it goes. What I want you to see here is that Joel is prophesying a day when the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God would be not just uh, taken from one and given to 70. But Joel's saying there's a day coming when every person who wants some of God's spirit, in fact, the fullness of God's spirit can have it. You'll say, oh, I don't know if God would do that for me. That is the reason why you may not have yet received. Because the promise is that I will pour out my spirit on, say the word with me, all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. They will speak forth the very word of God. Now, if we go a little bit further in the scriptures, I'll only remind you that in Acts chapter 2, when the age of immense, immeasurable grace had come in the fullness of time when God had sent his son Jesus to a cross. He died for your sin and mine. He died in your place and in my place. He died even not just for you, but he died as you so that you can enter into his death by faith and begin to walk in his resurrection by faith. And receive the fullness of the Spirit of God into your life. So in the, on that day, the day of Pentecost, chapter 2 of the book of Acts, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared... Uh, to them as if it were divided tongues as of fire, and they sat on each one of them, and they were all filled. I said they were all filled. 
with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And if we read on, we find that as they were speaking in a language that they had not learned, the net effect was that there were people who didn't speak their language who heard the prophetic word of God's love and mercy toward them. And on that day, there were thousands of people that came to Christ through this sermon that Peter preached by virtue of the anointing of the Spirit on his life and the impartation of that Spirit. And then Peter, in fact, quotes the passage we read in Joel, verse 18, uh, verse 17, and it'll come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You see, they were saying, what does this mean? These guys are acting crazy. And what Peter said is this, what you see is that which was prophesied by Joel, that the Spirit of God will be taken from one, in this case, the person Jesus, and will be imparted to the many, all flesh, which is us. Yeah. See, that's the good stuff. That's why you're in church today. Well, it might not be why you're in church today, but that's why there is a church today. Some of you might be in church because your mom made you come or you're here with granny. You know how it is. Oh, I got to go to church. No, people who are part of the church are because they have been birthed into the church by a sovereign miracle of the spirit of God in their heart. And you might be fried from Christmas and all the celebrations in the day after. But I tell you, people who are usually real and who can be here are often here. Why? Because the spirit of Jesus is living in their heart and they want to commune with people of like precious faith. Well, Peter says this is that which was prophesied. And then we come to first Corinthians. I'm going to go just a couple more text here. First Corinthians chapter 12, Paul, the Apostle Paul, starts to talk about spiritual gifts. And there are many of them. Uh, and then in First Corinthians 13, he begins to talk about love. Now, and he begins by saying, though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am nothing. You see? Uh, and then he goes into chapter 14 and he says this in verse 1. Um, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Why especially of all of the gifts that you should prophesy? Well, for he who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but speaks to God for no one understands him. And how, however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies, you say prophesies, he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself and he who prophesies edifies the church. Paul says, I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesy for he who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless one interprets it, which then makes it, in fact, prophetic prophecy that the church may be edified. Now, what I want you to see here is that um, God is desiring to do in the church in these days, just exactly what we saw happen uh, in Moses and the 70 
and through Joel's prophetic word that there's coming a time when God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. It was fulfilled. It began in Acts chapter two when the day of Pentecost came and the spirit of God was poured out. And now Paul's writing about that experience and he's saying, how do we manage it in the church? And he's saying there's one gift that's higher than all the rest and it's love. And after love, it's the ability to speak forth the blessings of God, the goodness of God, specifically to speak uh, edification, which builds up exhortation, which encourages and comfort to people. You see, what I'm saying here is that God really is about releasing his blessings to the generations. The question is, how is he going to do that? He's going to do it in multifaceted ways. But one of the ways you can be sure that he wants to do it is he wants us right now because of Jesus to begin to grapple with and understand that we, because of the spirit in us, have the capacity to bless other people with our words. And Mama Matta said, Amen. Yeah. Okay. Well, the prophetic word, all of that is to say, and there are tons more texts, but uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I think as we sort of end 2014 and look forward to the inbreaking of another year, 2015, if there's anything that I really know in my heart is that God wants to speak blessings to people who've not yet heard. Now look at your neighbor. Say, how are, you, how are they going to know if I don't speak that blessing? He said, I've never done that before. That's okay. Uh, ne- neither did Eldad and Medad. Neither did the other 70. You know, either were the folks that received the spirit on Pentecost. It's not about you. Can you say that with me? It's not about me. Oh, but I think it's about me, don't we? We think it's about our capability. We feel like it's about our ability. It's about something that we bring to the table. No, you're a postman. You simply deliver the letter. You simply bring uh, the good news uh, to people. Well, um, I want to. Uh, underscore in our closing, maybe 10 minutes, um, you know, I was I was gripped by how important the prophetic word is last week when we had a little panel up here and we were celebrating um, our involvement with the Oringa people uh, in Uganda. How many of you were here for that? Maybe roughly half. And uh, it, it, it began uh, by um, a number of people speaking, but then Tony Satterfield spoke and he began uh, what he shared with a remembrance of Steve Fry being here. And I think it was in uh, 1987, if I'm not mistaken, could be 86, 87. How many of you are here when Steve Fry spoke his prophetic word? Dan and Beth uh, Sonnenberger here. Good for you. I, I remember that. And I'm so glad that you're here. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to get back to Steve Fry. I, I feel like the Lord just wants me to speak to Dan and Beth and Blanus, obviously. Uh, just speak something of, of encouragement to you, if I may. 
uh, and, and this is more from what I'm hearing from the Lord than anything that I would, would know about. But um, can you guys stand up? We're going to pray for you in just a minute and bless you. But I feel like the Lord is, is saying uh, to you, Dan, and to you, Beth, that you've been through a hard time. That it, duh, we all have. But you've been through a hard time, but God has seen your heart and he has seen your prayers and even your weeping in the night. And uh, God is ready. To, I just see an hourglass. You know, those big hourglasses, funnel kind of things that come down and then they widen out. I feel like the Lord is saying that you have been moving through the tight place in your lives. And God is getting ready uh, to bring you into a wide and an open place in him like that hourglass. And uh, the tight place never feels good to any of us when we're going through it. We cry, we moan, we, we do all those things that we saw the children of Israel. But the Lord is just saying that um, he's got the day. He understands. He sees your family. He knows your hearts. He knows the calling that he has upon your lives. God hasn't made any mistakes, and he's getting ready to release you into a place that will be, well, by imagery, sort of like um, the the the... Um, promised land, you know, milk and honey, meaning easy and good and all the things that you need. Uh, so God is, um, he's, just, he's just on you and in you in a special way. Some of you stand around him and let's pray for Dan and Beth. We're just so glad that you guys are here and we just bless you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for Daniel and uh, we thank you for Beth. We thank you for their family for their extended family. And God, uh, we just pray blessings right now. We speak. We release, God, the prophetic word on them that they are getting ready to enter into a wide place, a good place, a place of major manifold blessings in their lives. So, Lord, guard their hearts. Lord, where the enemy has come to try to snatch and kill and destroy uh, God, thank you that you have always protected and you will be there in every circumstance of their life. So release to them, God, all that you have for them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, thank you for letting me embarrass you for just a minute. Um, anyway, where was I? Somebody tell me where I was. Um, Steve Fry. Okay, Steve Fry was here and Dan and Beth were there and some of you were too. And in the midst of, of that, Tony began to share last week how um, God had said that, you know, from Isaiah 60 through that prophetic word, arise and shine, uh, and that God was going to do things like plant churches out of this church and the nations would begin to hear and there would be churches planted internationally. And we all sat there that we were here going, whoa, that's really amazing. That's awesome. Yep, yep, yep. We go, How's that going to happen? Don't we? And yet, when Tony was able, and as we have been able to look back and begin to connect the lines, we see how what God has said has actually come to pass, has come to fruition. So we were encouraged by our working in Oringa now. We didn't realize we were connecting with what God had said would happen, but in fact, God is, has connected some of those dots. So as Tony was sharing last week, I thought the, the prophetic word needs to be held in higher esteem than I have. And maybe that's why the scripture says, don't despise prophesying. What does despise mean? It means to look down on, to think it's, well, it's coming out of the flesh of a person. It's, you know, this, this, well, it might be God, it might not. See, that's despising the prophetic. Now, segueing from that, um, almost, well, over one month ago now, 
uh, we had a fellow here by the name of uh, Bob Hazlett. And uh, he preached in the first service and he was planning on preaching the second service. And he got up to preach and he opened his Bible. And how many of you were here when Bob Hazlett was here on the 23rd of November? Uh, Maybe a quarter of you. So I'm going to share some recaps of what he said. Bob Hazlett uh, has taught in the School of Supernatural Ministry, Global School of Natural Natural History, Supernatural Ministry, and uh, he's he's traveled widely and he's respected as one of those prophetic voices. Well, he was here and had agreed to come to our church, and I'm sitting right here in the second service, and he he says, um, I have a strong prophetic word to the church, and that's why I'm sharing it again. It's on our website. I asked specifically uh, if Richard would put it on our website, and it is. You can go to MyrtleGrove.org and look at the prophetic service, November 23rd, and you can hear it in its entirety. It's pretty amazing, actually. I'm going to recap a couple of things for you because it's a word, and what you'll hear is to bless the generations. Um, Strong prophetic word to the church, and he started with me, sitting here, and I just have to give you what he said. It sounds like I'm kind of tooting my own horn. That's, you understand that's not my heart. But he said, this is a generational, there is a generational blessing upon your life and upon your family, and it's upon this church. See, it always relates to the church as we're part of the church. He said, in the past, you have honored spiritual fathers in your life that you feel maybe didn't honor you. Three months ago, you made a conscious decision to honor fathers and mothers in your life and in the church. And here's what I want you to know. All will go well with this church. What I feel uh, this means is that there is a generational blessing on this house, on this church, that is going to continue from generation to generation. See, we forget our lineage. We forget our DNA until someone comes and can speak it and release it. Uh, unto this. He said, I know that you are doing two services now. I know there was a little bit of room in the first service and there's a little bit of room in this service on the 23rd. But I heard God say that there is a generational blessing coming from your family and from your life. He said, I saw a son or a spiritual son. Now, I haven't interpreted any of this or tried to apply it or figure it out. He said, there's a son or a spiritual son. I don't know if you have a son. He didn't. Bob really did not know me. He had no, none of my history. But he said, I don't know if you have a son, but I feel like there is a family uh, ministry heritage that is a three generation heritage that is passing on even to the next uh, generation. I feel like there is a son of the house that is coming back to the house. And when he does, that is going to release a generational blessing. And I heard God say uh, that there will be a third service. You see, we look around and, of course, this is the, the smallest Uh, service of any of the services of our year, by the way. And we look around and go, by the natural eye, we we go, what's God doing? We do it in our families. We do it in our relationships. We do it in church. We do it in the nation. What is God doing? But what God is doing is what God is doing. And he's always for us. He's always blessing. He's always pouring out generational blessings upon us. So he said, I see this this, uh, son of the house, spiritual son, son who will uh, come back. There'll be a Saturday night service. I feel like it will be a generational service to draw young people and young couples. And there will even is even going to be a sound of worship that is going to be there's going uh, to another level in this place. 
I feel like worship has grown in this place over the last year. But I hear God saying that it is going to take um, like a lightning bolt leap uh, over the next 18 months. I can't wait. I feel like uh, there will uh, be even new worship leaders that will be raised up here. There are already many. There are awesome. There's awesome worship in this place. But what I'm saying is like and I'm reading. I, I just transposed this as he said it. I I am saying um, uh, it is like there are so many gifted and talented worshipers in this house and people are saying, what can we do with all of them? Uh, and I hear the Lord saying worship isn't supposed to be for the weekend services. In fact, there's coming a time that there will be 24 seven worship in this house because it was your vision and your dream. Uh, it was your dream in the past, some some place where you were. He didn't know me from Adam's house cat. Some place where you were, it didn't happen. But I feel the Lord says even uh, like there is a designated area of this campus. I haven't seen the whole campus, but there's like a designated prayer area. And God is going to raise up incense out of that area. There will be 24-7 worship and prayer where the community can even come and receive healing. Now, if we tried to make this happen, we would fail desperately. But 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 as God begins to speak, we just like Mary, ponder it in our hearts. Um, well, there'll be 24 uh, seven uh, worship, a designated area. And he said, I feel like uh, you have even talked about investing in things like webcasting. Now, what he didn't know a month ago is we were right in smack in the middle of those discussions and that we had made a decision to webcast. And in fact, we were targeting next week, the 4th of January, to start webcasting. But we put it off a week until the following week, whatever that is, the second Sunday of January. We're beginning webcasting. Now, that's just one of the, Is that coincidence? I don't think so. Uh, and people might say, why are you even webcasting? Uh, because, because when it comes to worship and prayer, that is what will be webcast into the nations. You, Myrtle Grove, are going to touch nations that is going to come out of this house of worship and prayer. This house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, a house of worship for all nations. I feel like there are going to be actual cultures that are uh, going to come here and there will be an intergeneration. There will be intergenerational cultures and even languages that will come out of this place through worship. I also feel like God uh, has almost been taking you, meaning me, back to the future. <laughs> I love those movies. Um, in the last three years, uh, it's almost like uh, you're going back to some of the roots where you came out of. And I almost feel like the Lord is going to start to revisit you. I almost hear uh, you like listening to some of those old teaching tapes from the 70s, going back to that root of the thing that God was doing in you then. I feel like there's a John Wimber anointing on you. <laughs> I love John Wimber. He's now deceased and with the Lord, but he's just one of my one of my heroes. Um, I feel like there is a whole signs and wonders school that is in you. Uh, you have the ability to teach old dogs new tricks. Uh, you're never going to be an old dog. Yeah, right. Uh, but you're going to teach old dogs new tricks. I feel like uh, one of the graces that was on Wimber's life, that he was able to connect to generations. He loved the Jesus movement. And he says, I was just there in Yorba Linda, California, and I was with his wife, Carol, and with Chris and prayed with them. And they talked about their Quaker roots, etc. 
um, and uh, there is something in you that you don't forget about your roots. And because you don't forget your spiritual roots, you're able to claim spiritual DNA for your life, for your family, and for the congregation you serve. I feel like there is something that is going to track through your family, but also in the generations of this church. So then he embarrassed me like I did Dan and Beth and had me stand. And you, if you were here, you remember he began to pray. And I, I share it only because you'll, it's hard. when these prophetic guys start, they pray and they prophesy. And you'll see that kind of movement in their lives. Uh, he said, uh, let's just lift our hands and, and bless him. And he began to pray. And he said, I thank you for Steve. I thank you that he has a heart of a shepherd and that he has a heart of a father. That is what I heard the Lord. See, then he's back to prophecy. I heard the Lord say, I heard that there are also some things that have tried to come against your heart <laughs> emotionally, relationally, and physically. Some of you don't know my story, but that has been true. I just feel like the Lord is saying he is repairing every area of your heart and the heart of the church. That's why I've lost a little weight. Some of you said, how would you lose some weight? Well, I've, I've started reversing uh, and... Um, Curing coronary artery disease. So that's part of what he picked up here. Um, because there is a family grace that is coming upon this church, uh, God is bringing the generations into uh, together, even into your family. We looked around Christmas and we were celebrating. We thought, here's great grandma uh, and and children. And children and children's children. Four generations. And the blessings of God were so so immense. We opened gifts and I cried. It's like, of course, I often do that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, because there's a family grace that's coming upon this church, God is uh, bringing the generations together in your family. So, uh, God, I thank you for that. And I thank you for the teaching anointing that's on his life. I thank you for the revelatory gift. I hear God saying, he's back to prophecy. He is giving you a revelatory well to draw from. I've seen like teaching you teaching series and then turning those into small books. There was a time when you thought you should write and tried to write. He's reading my mail here. Um, There are pieces of those books already uh, gathered. uh, But I hear the Lord saying these are going to be small books that people can read sort of like Kenneth Hagin's books in his faith library, how people can get bite-sized nuggets of revelation and can then pass it on to generations. So, Lord, I bless what you're doing in him and doing in this church. So, Lord, we bless the fathers and the mothers of this church. We bless the heritage of this church. I feel like uh, there was even a time in the history of this church when there was um, something we didn't talk about, something in the past, you know, like something that happened to grandma. He kind of said tongue in cheek. He said, I hear the Lord saying, I'm even going to bless the family history of this church. I am blessing even when there was um, something like a smudge against the church. Some people said, let's change the name of the church because of that smudge. He said, but I hear the Lord saying, I am putting my name upon this church. You can change the name of the church if you want to, and name changes are good, and they often reach a new generation. But I believe the Lord says, because you have honored even fathers and mothers in the past that maybe started well but haven't finished well, uh, you're going to be one who does, in fact, finish well. God is going to raise up generations and he, that will run well. Generationally, your church, your family is going to run and finish the race. See, God has a destiny for this church. That's why I'm reading this. 
Um, you're going to reach the mark because this is going to be a church that will reach the generations an international church that honors fathers and mothers and releases sons and daughters. You see, who will prophesy, according to Joel, your sons and your daughters? See, God is raising up sons and daughters who know who they are so that God can then release his word in them and then through them uh, to impart change and transformation even to the nations. And he said something about uh, Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is filled with ancient vessels and new vessels. Sometimes in our culture, we think our Western culture, we just love the new, we love change, we're addicted to change, but I think... Uh, What heaven loves is when we honor what we have and embrace what God wants to bring. I believe that uh, this church is an example of that kind of place that's very rare. It's a very rare thing, particularly in our Western culture. I believe you're going to be a church that is able to navigate that. And when you do, uh, you'll be able to help others. And then he ended, not quite ended, uh, but then he, he said, you're working. God is going to show you to work on a long term plan. Uh, for some of us, long term means a year, and we all giggled. Um, he said, I feel like I hear the Lord saying, I'm giving this church 2020 vision uh, that you're planning out a five-year plan till 2020. And uh, he did not know we are now working on that five-year plan. And um, it's, it's uh, pretty amazing. As you see, you are forming a transition. As you see, you are forming a transition uh, Plan. I hear the Lord saying it's not a transition, it's an end in itself. It's a transition that is a continuation. When some people say transition, they mean get out of the way so I can take my place. But what God says through Jesus uh, uh, is, look, I'm going to be with the Father. And when I go, you're going to do greater things than I do. Jesus takes a new place so that we can take our place. That is really biblical transition. I feel like the Lord is going... I feel like there is going to be a generational continuation that is going to happen in this church, even that there is an anointing that is coming upon your family. God is going to teach you how to navigate through this time. He said, get ready, for I believe that the greatest days are still ahead for this church. How many of you have heard that before? The greatest days are still ahead. See, God is not finished. Um, God always saves the best wine for last. Uh, Really, he saves the best wine for now. That's the best translation of that, Bob said. Uh, That means that right now God is is pouring out his spirit. Uh, You are already in it. You are already in it right now. So I believe God is going to give you strategy into this transition um, period. And he had a prophetic word for Michael and for others. And if you want to hear that, the reason I put it on the web is so that you can hear that in your entirety at uh, MyrtleGrove.org and uh, the prophetic service on November 23rd. Now, having said all that, why did I even say that? Because the way God wants to bless is that he takes some of the spirit of Moses and puts it on the 70. Prophetically, he spoke through Joel. There's a time coming when I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And those who are sons and daughters who get it, who they really are and who is their daddy, they will prophesy. They will be the, the, the mouthpieces for the spirit of God who now lives in us. And it will be through us 
in fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant, God, God said, I will bless you in order to be a blessing. And in Jesus, we are the product of that. And God is saying as people of the church, as people who understand the life that God has put in us by the spirit, you now have everything you need in order to speak the blessings on the people who are around you, where you work, where you shop, where you where you I went hunting last night with my son, Peter. And we ran into a guy there and we were getting ready to go into the woods. I don't eat the critters anymore, but I still shoot them. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but but there was a guy there and we started talking to him and it was three minutes and it was pretty. We realized that this is a, this is an amazing opportunity. I love this gentleman. I said, let's pray for this. So we just right there in our camo garb, you know, and I had my gun over the shoulder. We just began to pray and bless him. See, the kingdom of God is like that. God goes everywhere you go. God wants to speak out of the midst of where you recreate, where you where you shop, where you work, your neighbors. Just look for little, little opportunities. And you might want to say, you don't start with, uh, thus saith the Lord, God says he loves you more than you. Know. It's conversational. It's what's in you. It's it's to bless. It's to encourage. It's to edify, build up and strengthen and give comfort. Can any of you give an encouraging word to anybody? Have any of you ever given a encouraging word to anybody. Come on, real boldly, lift up your hands. We all have. What is that? You think that's just yourself. That is the spirit of prophecy. That is the, the, the spirit of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Church, I prophesy over you. You can and you will do this stuff. It's not religious. It's normal out of being a son and the daughter of the king. Well, God wants to bless you and he already has and he wants to release his blessings through you so that the nations of the earth get blessed. Let me begin to pray. Can I do that? Father, I want to thank you that your word is always sure it's a nail in a sure place. And Lord, you're, you said that your word never returns to you void without accomplishing that for which you have sent it. And Lord, I want to thank you that we can declare that we can prophesy over one another and over this congregation right now. God, I declare that you would impart something fresh and something new to the heart of every person who is willing to receive. Stir them up, God, today. And I heard the Lord say that I'm to give you an opportunity to receive. It was about a year ago, I was in a prophetic conference. And I was kind of dry. You know how that one is. Get kind of dry. And there was a guy there and he was prophetic. And the anointing on this person was amazing. And I had just said, God, I just want more of you. I give my life to you in as much as I know what to do, God. I just give you everything. And with that, he said, if you're here asking God for more, I want you to stand up. And I know I was the first one up. God, I want what you have for me. I want my portion. I'm tired of eating the crumbs under the table. I'm ready to eat the banquet that you said is mine. 
And as I stood up, God began to shift something in my heart. And God's going to shift something in your hearts right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that if you're at a place where you are saying in your heart, God, I am ready to go to the next level. Lord, I'm ready to receive all that you have for me. And I'm ready to release my life to participate with you in the most exciting and overwhelming adventure in all of life. And that is to speak the destiny of your heart into the people around me. If you're praying something like that, and if you want God to begin something fresh in your life in the year 2015, start right now. I just want you to stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you any further, but I'm just going to pray that God would release uh, and activate a fresh anointing to hear His Word and to speak that Word to those around you because God desires to speak blessings, that we would be a blessing to all of the nations of the earth. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, You read the hearts and the minds of men and women. Lord, You see the openness of hearts. And Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that You would impart something, that You would activate something, that You would stir something in the heart of every person who stands, that they would begin to hear Your voice. You said, My sheep hear My voice and I know them. They shall never perish. Cause them to begin to hear Your voice. And then God cause them to begin to speak Your Word as You say it to them and give them opportunity. Father, thank You for beginning a new place in the chapter of this congregation. Thank You that we are a generational church. Thank You that we will have international impact. God, thank You that You're taking worship to a new level. God, thank You that You're releasing sons and daughters to prophesy. We receive it today, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said together, Amen. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face, <laughs> make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, both to you and to your loved ones. Just take the next step of faith with Jesus and start today. Have a wonderful new year in Jesus' name. If you'd like prayer before you slip out, come on up or give somebody an encouraging word as you go. A hug, a handshake, or a big smile in Jesus' name. God bless you.